Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Grid Iron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts. Google Cast, Player FM, Indie Rap Radio, as well as Block Talk Radio. Uh, your host, Oscar Lopez, here. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking pretty much a lot of women's American football because that's what's going on globally. Guam, Europe, Canada, Mexico, U.S., Brazil, uh, you name it, it's happening. And we're going to be talking about it in the next two hours here. Uh, exclusively in the first hour, we're going to talk some NFL news that we haven't talked about in a couple weeks here. So we're going to have our panel here, uh, Hall of Famer quarterback Luis Bean in the house today with uh, college football and NFL guru Troy Wilson. We'll also dive into WNFC Week 6, uh, check out the power rankings there for Week 7 in terms of the playoffs. WFA Week 6 as well. Legends Football League Week 4. We'll dive into Week 5 that just happened this past weekend. And we're going to uh, try to preview week six, which is Atlanta versus Los Angeles. So a big, big time weekend of women's American football. I know I was a busy guy. Um, The only bad thing out of the whole thing is the San Diego Surge uh, versus the Seattle Majestics. And our girl Holly Custis out there was not live stream, which I have no idea why they didn't do that. Back-to-back games, uh, they should have done it. Uh, It was the first overtime in WNFC history that is obviously not captured, which is a shame. And so I don't know if anybody's got video, live video or tidbits out there that we're able to share with that, but that's going to go down in history as one of these missed opportunities for the WNFC. So let's bring in our panel here. Uh, that's going to be Luis Bean and Troy Wilson here. Um, guys, how's it going? Welcome back. Hello. What's How you good? doing, Luis? What's good, people? Troy, we missed you, based on met- metrics and <laughs> analytics. <laughs> man, look, I'm glad to be back. Busy time of the year, man, but I'm glad to be back on here talking some football, y'all. Yeah, I guess my voice kind of drops everything, so really welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, man. I um, so, um, Troy and uh, Luis, okay, um, we have brawls. In every sport on, you know, known to human, <laughs> humans, uh, we have brawls in uh, pro sports, and we also have brawls in the WNFC and WFA. But um, from this week's overreaction, uh, Michael Burmy has said we need to expel the hippies from the WNFC, <laughs> which I just thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. and I don't think the hippies appreciated that either. No. Yeah, Burmy is um, Burmy is on, on a street right now. He he is uh, stirring the pot to say the least right now. So he's definitely an entertaining follow and, and getting his perspective on things. So um, if you guys haven't checked him out, man, you know it, it, it's pretty funny uh, the stuff that's that being said right now, the back and forth. And hopefully, so you, know, you guys keep you it guys positive. Can catch uh, Club Burmy on Facebook. If you don't follow him, you can follow Club Burmy on Facebook. Um, Louise, 
let's let's talk perspective here because me and Troy have played football and we already know as guys we get you know you get into a scuffle uh things are said uh you know you, you get tripped you get slapped you get maybe a, a finger in the eye things like that but as guys it doesn't always escalate as to this huge violent status and to me it's like you know Michael made it seem like you know there was a bunch of banshees on the football field this weekend and we just need to get rid of these, you know, certain amount of players. But I, I, I'm pretty sure it's a common theme, right? It happens all the time. It, you get heated at some point, you get blown out, you get it to the last quarter, you know, mercy rule goes into play, you're talking smack, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah, you know, there's a lot There's a lot that could be said for a lot that happens in the sports, as you guys know. So the, the one unique thing is, is that this was filmed and then it was shared. And so when I saw it, and I saw it that night because there's only about 30 minutes of footage because I wasn't at this game, um, my first thought was like, oh, that looks fun. Uh, and, hey, that's, you know, good for our team. I could tell that the hippies were more instigators. Um, I'm not saying that there wasn't maybe talking back and forth. I mean, those kind of things happen. I know that the Falcons aren't led or trained or, or taught to play with that kind of attitude or edge. And so, or, I mean, I have been thrown out of church basketball games years ago. So I have, you know, my own competitive edge and um, my own competitive drive. And my husband can attest that I can, I enjoy a little trash talking. Now, since I became a quarterback I had to throw I had to leave that all behind because that was not what was expected from the position and also I had no desire to put an extra target on my chest um for you defensive mean linebackers? players. Louis? Yeah, yeah, linebackers, yeah. So I I I mean I've been pulled from a game just for throwing the ball down when I got late hit one a couple times. And so that hasn't happened for several years. Um but that happened anytime a player on our team has ever lost their they're uh, cool for a second. They immediately get pulled, and they get pulled for a couple plays. You chill out, you calm down, because that's just not how we play football. And that's how I, I just I'm not taught to play football that way, and our girls aren't taught to play football that way. However, they are taught that if you are attacked, and one of your teammates are attacked, you better go defend them. So yeah, I saw it. I saw what happened. The film's not the clearest. I don't feel like you can see very clearly. It's just that there that that was filmed. I mean, there was skirmishes in the Dallas game. Nothing as um, there was no bench clearing, at least that I saw on film, and it did happen on the Falcons game, hippies game. But I mean, there's other skirmishes and scuffles that go on in all of sports. I mean, holy moly, hockey, baseball, that kind of thing. Do I think that the hot hippies need to be expelled? No. Do I think there was one girl that was swinging her helmet like a um, weapon, and you if that would have hit somebody in the head and seriously injured them, that person could, you know, press charges. So you can't do certain things. Whether or not the league does something, you know, that's up to them. But um, my initial first reaction was like, oh, boy, that looks fun. However, if I had been there, I would not have been allowed to take part in that. Um, that's just – I just never – there are certain players that our coach allows to take part in those kind of things, and some he doesn't. So I was way bummed that I missed it just because, you know, that, that creates a certain uh, protective instinct with each other. So, um, you know, I just didn't think it was a big deal. I just didn't. So, Louise, and then it became a big deal because of Burmese. 
what do we say to, um, you know, mine is Michael's reaction. Because obviously, to me, it's yeah. Michael's reaction is overblown. Yeah. It's overblown. You know, you're not going to expel yep. a team. You know what I mean? That's just totally. ridiculous. And and totally. to me, it's like, okay, the WNFC has a decision to make it in either now or in the off season as to what are the implications, right? Because it's a new league, new year. Even the refs probably don't understand what the WNFC rule book right. would have been at that right. point, right? The only people right. that probably understood anything would have been the two coaches, uh, the two coaching staffs on the sidelines, because they would be held accountable by leadership and the executives, you know, for their actions right. of, of their players. So what I'm saying well, is and there's no, ownership there's no and coaching staff. No, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's no clear criteria unless you're going by a high school rule book. Or are you going by the NFL rulebook? If you go by the NFL right. rulebook, then obviously, like you said, the helmet's a weapon uh, that leads mm-hmm. to a suspension or expelled from the team and the league at that point, if it's severe enough. And obviously, the individual can press charges for more severity outside of the realm of play. Um, so that's normally well, what happens. Well, go ahead, you Troy. know that in the NFL, you can – really quick, Troy. In the NFL, you can't – you may not get a penalty in the game, but yet they can still uh, charge you a, a fine. So, yeah, no, the right. league would have to be very clear, and then I don't. The refs would have to be very clear because there was no ejections; there was only one penalty. So, I don't see what the league could really do, anyways, unless they, um, unless they say. I mean, obviously they can do whatever they want. But what I'm saying is, is that the there's no complaints by the Falcons, like official complaints, and the league. Um, the if the league's not telling like we had a player that was ejected from a game years a few years ago and because she was ejected from the game then she couldn't play in the next game but that was a WFA law or I'm sorry an IWFL rule so it would have to be very clear for everybody and I don't know if that's the case because I can't speak directly to that so I'll leave it at that right Troy well a couple things um number one you know, in, in, in this league, it's going to be unprecedented. Uh, we, we haven't seen a, you know, full team fight like that um, in, 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 in any professional league that I can think of uh, other than hockey. But, you know, you kind of – that's kind of allowable. But but you guys brought up the, the great point of, you know, in the NFL or NBA or, or what have you, there is a usually a monetary fine that goes along with it. I don't think that would be the case here, um, you know, just because of the situation with uh, the financials that's involved with it. But I will say this. They really have to come down hard uh, to, to, to do this. Number one, as you guys said, a helmet was used as a weapon. I mean, bottom line, that's that's just an assault. I mean, that's just clear cut. So I think they need to figure out who was the one who – Involved, involved with swinging a helmet And I think you start there That's where you start with the harshest penalties Maybe they're suspended for a variety of different games Maybe the entire season And I think you start to trickle it down from there You go from the most extreme To the least extreme But you have to punish them And you have to punish harshly Because you can't just have it where You just, you know, one one penalty was called on this And it was a flag on the plate And, and you just stand pat If you don't do something now it's going to reoccur because there's no incentive for them not to fight like that when things get out of hand. You have to take away the incentive to fight with any of these teams. But either way they go, they're, you know, there's going to be some people upset, but I think they really need to come down with a penalty and they need to come down with a penalty that's harsh and they need to do it fast and get it done with. 
I agree. I think the ownership in New Orleans uh, will will have to reassess that completely and kind of figure out to the league, give the league perspective on it. Um, I think both teams, when you get to a situation where you get a little heated, uh, especially if you're getting blown out, Troy, you've been there, I've been there, you get blown out. Uh, the other team, as much as you people say they don't, you don't get taunted or you don't get stuff, they're smack talked, right? And since you're going to be down, there's a lot of stuff that goes back and forth. And some people lose their cool. The bigger, uh, the bigger the uh, individual, sometimes the more vicious somebody will get, and not necessarily in body type either, but you know, just in snarling. And so, to your point, uh, Troy, yeah, the uh, the WNFC uh, leadership and the executive group really needs to review this this uh, film and figure out what they're going to do with, you know, a me. I personally would just find the owner first and then suspend the player and give the player a reprimand, like you said, Troy, send a strong message that you want to be part of this league, part of this team, and this uh, team that's trying to build a franchise, uh, you, you have you know, you know have to have repercussions for it. So think twice about what you're going to do, you know, especially when you're already paying dues. You know what I mean? So suspension yeah. is huge and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know what the message will be, but I do know – that Michael's passion and overreaction probably not the best result for the issue. I think it fueled it. It made it into a bigger issue than. Yeah. Uh, it and by be. and for the record, the video has not gone viral, so there's no viral yeah. video of this. <laughs> Just for the record, Troy, I don't think you've seen it viral yet. I, I haven't seen it yet, but you know what? I, for one, I'm just completely shocked by especially New Orleans behavior because it's the first time I've heard hippies going off like that. Hippies are usually the mellow ones, man. <laughs> we got to go with your namesake. Guys, come on, man. You're the hippies. Mellow out, man. Just relax a little bit. Keep your cool next yeah. time, guys. Troy, there was no puffing during that game. It was all anger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the hippies have some athletes. They got some athletes. They got some players. No, the, yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. They scored. They have scored in the last what three weeks? They've put up at least six points or or more, or at least mm-hmm. six points. So there's there's a curve. We talked about it before, you guys, right? We talked about it. There's mm-hmm. the top five in this league, and then there's the middle of the pack. And the middle of the pack is somewhat situated. And then you got the bottom four teams that are either expansion teams. We're talking Denver, Phoenix. You're talking um, the hippies, of course. But there's improvement. Um, it's something where every team is talented in this league, I think. It's just like in the WFA. Everybody, every team has talent. It's just a matter of how that talent is put together. You know, if the talent comes together, then it's just it's great. But when you have mi- uh, mi- mixed matches of talent and not everybody's on the same page, it looks really bad. Um, so the final point we're going to make here is um, overreaction on expelling the hippies. That's really what, what we're boiling down to. Um, the WNFC executive group needs to really focus on what the issue was. The coaching staff could give them feedback there. And then we need to understand whether we're going with an NCAA rule, an NFL rule, or a high school rule look. And it's just as simple as that. What rule are you going to apply that's already an existing rule? They don't need to make up a rule. They just need to say we're abiding by the NFL rule book or we're abiding by the NCAA rule book or the uh, national high school rule book. Right, Troy? Completely agree. Completely agree. But, you know, I, I just, I really believe that they need to come down with something swift 
and, and they need to do it fast. They can't let this fester because then it, it takes away, you know, whoever is, is an illegal officer in charge of this. They really need to get this done, and they need to do it fast. I, I just think the long, the longer it festers, the worse it gets. It makes the the league look indecisive when it comes to these things. And you need to send a message to everyone in the league. If that means you have to make an example out of out of the uh, the, the folks that were involved with the fight, and so be it. Whether it be harsh and, and people may think it's unfair, but either way, you have to make a decisive ruling right now. If you want to be considered pro, Troy, is that what you're saying? then you need to make a swift action and a definitive Absolute. response. Absolutely. Because you're a pro league and you're, you, you tout your players as professional players and they need to have professional conduct. And yep. I, I just really think that that is, is, is the message that you want to send to everyone involved. And not to mention there is a, a, another caveat that's not being thought of, and that are, that's sponsors. And, you know, it may be, you know, one of those things where the, the video goes viral and, and everyone loves attention, whether it's bad attention or good intention, but not when it comes to sponsors. Because when sponsors are putting up, you know, X amount of dollars, they want to have a reputation return with that because you, you, you don't want to have that. If you're a sponsor, you don't want to have your dollars involved in, in, a, uh, in a league that doesn't have the discipline to handle themselves and things go around, go around like that. So, again, there really needs to be some accountability, and they need to be done pretty quickly. All right. So, there you go, you guys. Um, so, WNFC Week 6. Uh, Louise, let's get your take here. Denver rebounds. We kind of knew that was going to happen against the Crawlers, so that's not a surprise there. Um, so, their season's somewhat over at this point. If you really think about it, they're playing just full positioning, either in the lower tier or above. But they're literally uh, – a little bit above the lower tier, okay? Um, so they're still paying for positioning. Um, the 42-12 uh, to 12 tune-up and scrimmage game, that was the Atlanta Phoenix versus the Alabama Fire. The Fire, Luis, has dropped off tremendously since their first couple games, and this is a, a normal rivalry for them. And so they just get – they literally get blown up. I mean, they get owned here once again. Uh, the 27-0 week one loss to, to Phoenix – and now uh, Atlanta really, I think, used this game more of a tune-up uh, to take on the Spartans. Yeah, I mean, everyone's positioning for the – we know that on the Pacific side, there's positioning still, Falcons, um, L.A., Seattle, and Surge. And that tie doesn't help. Um, it's too bad they couldn't get that solved on the field because uh, that could come by, back to bite one of them. Um, I think Atlanta is going to give Dallas a good run for their money. Um, but they're, both their offenses are similar. And so in, when you have similar offenses, then the other team can prepare for you. Um, and so they have big athletes. They're, they're fast and strong, and, and Dallas definitely has that. And so it will just be a mano imanu kind of thing. And who can execute better? And and I mean, I still think Dallas is going to win, and I still think Dallas will win by uh, at least twenty-one points. Um, so we have mercy and, mercy rule in your in your process. You think? No, because I thought, I didn't think a mercy rule was twenty-one points. Isn't the no? What I'm saying is, right? It has to be I think over thir- uh, beyond thirty or, or or beyond forty, and then you can accumulate to thirty to like. 
they beat the yeah. Nighthawks fifty four to zero, but the yeah. actual is a thirty zero uh, score, right? No, what I'm saying is I, I don't think Mercy will oh. apply here because I think they're equally, like you said, on equal playing field. Oh. Okay, I thought you. Okay, yeah, I misunderstood you. So yeah, I def and also I definitely think it'll be tempered, meaning like it there will be yeah. tempers, there will be. Um, you know, like Troy was saying, if you're going to say you're the best league, then you have to act like the best league and the bar is raised. So if you're going to come out and say the bar is raised and this is what we're going to do, then, yeah, you the bar's got to be raised. So I think this will be a great game. I know it will be streamed. Um, and it will figure out the positioning on that side. Um, I definitely think the Nighthawks – I mean, the Nighthawks are 3-2. and two. They've played some good football. They've scored. And I was watching film on them today. And so um, – I'll be involved I in think that their game. Strength, their strength, their strength of schedule has really benefited mm-hmm. that club. You know, facing yeah. Dallas more than once, facing Houston. Uh, what I'm saying is they're they're somewhat battle tested, and even if their season ended tomorrow, as an example, uh, they got to be proud of the fact that they're they would end up their season almost at at 500. Yeah, and I think they'll make the fourth seed in that on that side, and they have good roster numbers. They have good athletes. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, I think that's going to be a good game. So, and I'm kind of just mostly paying attention to the top, you know, the top half because there's games this week and then there's games, uh, a couple more teams play games the following week. And so um, I just think it'll, th- this is a huge week for playoff seeding. And yeah. I think it'll be in the top half if I'm going top half. So. Yeah, I don't know who didn't just think that Seattle versus um, – San Diego was not going to the, the rubber match was not going to be any better than the first match. But anyways, somebody just screwed up there big time. I mean, we, that that game was should have been should have been captured. In other words, at that point, it should have been a decision yeah, just captured one way or the other. Um, so the tw- the tie twenty to twenty, uh, our girl out there, Holly Custis, probably wasn't as happy with the tie as to your point. So now um, Seattle kind of you know impressive here, uh, Luis. The last three weeks, pretty impressive. They tie here. They, they what, one point versus L.A. in the first week. Then they get they take care of the uh, Vegas, and then they take care of San Diego. And so there's a little bit of momentum here for them. Yeah, and they've got a good passing game going right now. Surge, or San Diego is more, you know, the run team, strength on their O-line. Uh, they lack a consistent passing game. But Gidry's a no-joke athlete, so um, – uh, yeah, it's just too bad. I'm both. I'm sure both teams. I'm not sure if you feel like a tie if you won or you lost. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that's uh Well, that's they, a bummer, either way they made either either way they made history. So technically, it's going to be going to be a game to be remembered to discuss. Well, and they'll end up probably playing each other again in the playoffs. Yeah. I would suspect if everything if the Falcons take care of business and just those kind of things. But now uh, my understanding is that the coaches now get involved with the polling. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So I, it might, has it been fun um, for you they'll, they'll be, to be involved? Yeah. I mean, there'll be a uh, more input at this point going forward because it should be more input because now, now it's more crucial and decisions mm-hmm. have to be made. So you tally the WFRC, with the coaches poll and then the executive group 
with owners at that point will make the final decision on seedings based on all that feedback. So it's obviously a lot more at stake as we go forward in the next uh, three weeks where things have to be legit for everybody, owners, happy, you know, things like that. So um, on Troy, let's, let's just figure out week seven here before we move on to the WFA here. So week seven, Troy, Alabama and the North Florida Pumas, both two and two. This is a big time game for both of them because Alabama has actually owned North Florida. So it's really about North Florida really uh, wanting to either step up their game now because uh, Alabama has faced um, Atlanta and, you know, tough, tough matchups with that. So. Well, Alabama has kind of been on the downswing now. Like, the, you know, last game, uh, they didn't look too good out there. Um, and, but, you know, as you said, they, they, you know, pretty much had North Florida's number. It's going to be a tough call on this one, but I think Alabama writes the ship, um, especially the way that they've been playing against North Florida. I just think, you know, uh, they they had the team pegged. So I'm going to go Alabama in this one. I, I think they write the ship this week and they get off of 500. All right. Uh, Luis, Vegas desperately needs a win. They've played decently. They have not been able to get a win. Uh, Denver, pretty impressive considering their schedule, their strength of schedule. So um, it would be – it's a Denver's benefit here to kind of get a second win of the season and kind of run into the next couple of weeks with a, a good feeling that they're obviously at 500, hopefully, before the end of the season. Yeah, I think both the teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, both have similar-sized rosters. Uh, the Falcons have played both of them. Um, the scores were similar. And so – but w- – they played Las Vegas early in the season, first game, first regular season game, and then played Denver twice. So obviously teams show improvement and they get better or they get injuries and they lose players. So I'm going with um, – I think I'm going with Denver on this one. But I think it will be like a 14 to 17 score something like that. I would take Denver here too because they're coming off that big win and kind of motivated when they uh, against the Prowlers. And it didn't really count right. in, the, in the standings because it's more of a scrimmage game. So I think they really maybe fine-tune some things and here's here it goes. I think North Florida needs to prove something here to us. If anything, they got to prove that they're still somewhat of a contender. They have dropped tremendously since the first week. They were at like number four or number five or whatever. Now they're like way at the bottom of the barrel. So they got a lot of things to kind of work it out. So uh, a game for pride, in other words, for them, it's a, to get a three, to be three and two if they can pull the win out. Um, the Rebellion, uh, Troy, against Los Angeles, kind of unique in both sense. They're, they've known each other here uh, early season, one and two uh, Rebellion. They've been able to play two full quarters, and then they get blown. They just can't do four quarters for some reason in San Diego. And L.A. is tough, gritty, and defensively, and they've improved offensively. So uh, I think the Bobcats really look good here. Still there, Troy? Sorry about that. Uh, no, uh, yes. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. I think I think LA is just you know flat out the better team. I mean, the Rebellion they've they've taken a lot of hits uh, this year. They haven't been very consistent. They haven't uh, really shown that, you know, they're ready to, um, 
you know, take the step to, you know, to, to I guess solidify on one of the top spots. They look kind of middle of the road. And, you know, sometimes I guess they're, they're, it seems that, you know, once the second half comes, they just make the wrong adjustments or teams adjust to them and they don't, you know, make the right adjustments. So I'm going to go L.A. in this one. Um, I just think right now they have the better team in San Diego. They just have a lot of work to do, you know, in this uh, first inaugural season in the WNFC. All right. So, uh, guys, the power rankings as it stands right now uh, through week uh, six, we we should have the power rankings out tomorrow uh, for the previous week. So, Texas 4-0, Atlanta 3-0, and they meet this week. So, 1-2 will meet this week. Utah 3-1. Seattle three and um, is it two one and one? If I'm correct, is it two one and one? I think it's two one and one, right? Yeah, two one and one. Oh yeah. Uh, San Diego two one and one. So there's there's the battle in the middle, uh, and then Nebraska can really move forward here if they do it, if they make a good showing against Utah. Utah technically really needs to stay on course here uh, to kind of just you know stay within that hunt and keep themselves hungry. Uh, L.A., if they pull this win against uh, San Diego Rebellion, they really would move to 3-1. and one. Now we have a real uh, issue, as you said, Luis, because we have the two 1-1 one one teams, 4, 5, 6, and 7 is really what needs to be kind of figured out and who's going to drop and who's going to stay. Um, and the rest of the field really is just playing for pride. They're really playing for an extra win or they're playing for an extra two wins. So uh, the rest of the, the rest of the field. Yeah, I think it's mostly figured itself out. Um, but you know, there's still there's still games for the 25th and June 1st. I mean, a lot of games. So uh, I mean, the Surge still play, and so does Seattle. No, yeah. Let's see. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of football. But I'd still project. Uh, Utah, San Diego, L.A., and Seattle to be the four teams. And then on the other side, Texas, Atlanta, uh, Nebraska, and – oh, that's right, they got to have one more. Um, who are you putting in that, that spot, Oscar? I, I right, right now, I, I think if you really – to me, uh, I'm really gauging four through eight, and really four okay. through seven is where I'm gauging. So that's where okay. I'm kind of conflicted right now based on, you know, what's going on. And who do you shift up? Because I think the top yeah. three are already pretty much decided. Whether Atlanta yeah, yeah. loses next week or not, it's not going to really be a big deal. They might drop right. one slot, you know, that kind of deal. But they're not going to be, like, out of the playoff picture at this point. So it's four through maybe seven. And we're talking Nebraska, L.A., um, Surge, Seattle, and even Utah in the mix there in terms of, you know, positioning. So that's, that's going to be crucial. To your point, we got uh, week six coming up. I mean, uh, week seven, right, coming up here. And then we got week eight, only four teams playing week eight. And then week nine, the final weekend in June, really crucial. Seattle against uh, the Rebellion, Las Vegas against L.A., uh, New Orleans against Houston. New Orleans against Houston is going to be very interesting in the last uh, game because it's really going to be about who wants a win. I really think that's going to be a crucial game right there. It's like who gets the win at the end of the year. Is it the Mellow Hippies, or does the Heat bring heat? Well, like you said, it's going to be building upon for next year because if these teams are all still going to be in the league and the league keeps them all, then you really have to um, 
you really have to build upon what you're doing. It can't just be, oh, the season's over, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it's almost right. like college exactly. ball where you're saying, hey, I'm using these games. I'm getting my players in. Okay, we're not going to make the playoffs, but we're building our program. I think the rankings are important because wherever you finish, it's really going to tell everybody else as to how well you are. Uh, I'm really, I was really impressed, and I've been really impressed with Nebraska the whole season. So, you know, hats off to the program there, the coaching staff, and the athletes there because they have been very competitive. They haven't, you know, they haven't blown up, the, you know, the elite or anything like that, but they have scored. They've played four good quarters, and I think discipline there goes, uh, is really good for them coming into the next season. So they're staying right there in the middle of the pack, and that's a good sign for them. Um, Troy, let's move on to the WFA. And the WFA uh, slate's coming up. Uh, we got Boston undefeated right now, 4-0. D.C., 2-1. We're talking Division One here, or Tier 1. Cali War, 4-0. Kansas City, 0-5. And, and they're getting blown up by D2 teams all over right now. Um, and then um, Portland, 5-1. Arlington, 4-1. Dallas, 3-2. And, uh, and that's literally what Tier 1 looks like right now. I just don't see anybody else here uh, out of the West. It's probably going to be Cali War, uh, and they're playing Kansas City this weekend, and I'm pretty sure Kansas City is going to get their sixth loss of the season. Um, and then you got D.C. and Boston on the East Coast. So, Troy, it's kind of like already been decided in a way, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you got your usual suspects that, um, you know, just continuously put up numbers and, and knock the crap out of the teams that they're playing, the Cali War being one of them. They've just been really impressive the last three seasons. We've watched them, and um, I just really like what they're doing out there. They look really good. Um, uh, they're a strong team. I mean, they shut out Sin uh, City this past week. Um how many shutouts is that for them this year? Is that four? Or I'm sorry, is it three or four shutouts that they had? I mean, they just they've been they've been knocking people around, and so um, want to see them uh, if they can continue that. And it looks like that they will. Uh, they look like that they'll be the the toughest out, especially in the West and in the WFA. So Troy, it, Division One here, Tier One's pretty much set. So I mean, it's not much we can do here. I think Boston's going to be the stronghold DC with Congaldi playing so good football out there with uh, Lexi floor. You got uh, uh, Remy Olenchuk out there. You got Deja Scott. I mean, I could name it. This is almost like the Seattle miss of the LFL in DC. It's like a bunch of uh, free agents just arrived at St. James and <laughs> putting DC on the map again. Uh, but they got a lot of playmakers out there. So I think that just, that's going to be the rivalry, right? It's going to be uh, DC playing Pittsburgh this weekend. Once again, um, I believe it is, right, if I'm correct, is it D.C. Pittsburgh this week? Uh, yeah, D.C. is going to Pittsburgh, yeah. So, yeah, D.C. Pittsburgh this week. You got your uh, your uh, team right there in your backyard, the Nihos, coming off that heartbreaking loss against Philly 20-21. to They're going to be taking on the champs. So, this is a, this is a good game for the Nihos to prove whether they're worthy because they were almost worthy against Philly. Um, now they get they get the champs here, but a lot of playmakers in Boston, Troy. You got Cahill, you got uh, just Smith out there. You got Beinecke. I mean, you, you name it. And you even got the uh, you know the, the the British sensation uh, Ruth Mata as well. On top of all that, yeah, I mean uh, Baltimore. They're kind they've kind of trailed off the last 
uh, you know, two games that they've had where they, they struggled big time against Pittsburgh, and um, then they had the defensive struggle against New York. So going against Boston, I mean, it really – it really doesn't look good for them right now, but you know what? They've been pretty feisty, and, and, and hopefully they haven't lost a lot of their confidence. Uh, at least last week, their, their, defense, their defense uh, showed up pretty well against the Wolves. And so you want to see if they can carry some of that momentum against Boston. But man, they got their work cut out for them. It's going to be on the road. You're playing against the champs. And the good thing is that you do at least have a rubber match at the end of the year. So, you know, you get a chance to play them once and, and, and see how you fare with them. And if they if they play solid out there, you can build upon that, at least for the next few weeks, where they, have, they end the season in, uh, against Boston at home and then they have Connecticut right after the Boston game. But you want to see Baltimore build on it. I mean, they, they, look like, they look like they made some strides to become a better team this year, and you want to see them continue to do that. Luis, um, what do we say about um, the slam? Just, I mean, this, wow, it's all, this offseason coming in, they're playing their schedule, and they are literally killing people. This is like the old Falcons of two years ago in the IWFL. They are just yeah. steamrolling 70-70-0. They're, they are like not, what do you call it? They're not apologizing. <laughs> they're like yeah. just like tearing I, you up. I didn't expect them to be this good coming off the, their hiatus right away. So, um, yeah, they're definitely – beating a lot of teams, and we've discussed at length, and you have on your other shows as far as which teams should really possibly be in Division One, because it's too bad that that D.C. and um, Boston won't be playing in the championship. It's just not possible. And so, But they play each other twice during the season, so that makes for great football and great regular season games. Um, I do predict that Washington will beat them the second time around. I know that's not this week, but I predict that Washington will beat them. Um, so, yeah, the Slam, they're doing their thing. I have not had a chance to actually see them in a game yet, uh, but they're doing their so thing. So you'll see them on so Huddle. If you got a Huddle account, if you have a Huddle account, you'll see them on Huddle. <laughs> you can watch them on can Huddle. You, they're pretty, you, you they're pretty badass. Okay, yeah, they're pretty badass on Huddle. Well, no, I mean, if you have a Huddle account, you can search it out. But right. anyways, uh, Taylor okay. Hazing Company out there just – they're just they're tearing it up. Uh, Kansas City, uh, sort of the recipient of that tear-up, 28-13 this past weekend. So we already know what Missouri team is the better team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it turns out that they are. Um, they're the uh, they're at 199-27. So they're scoring 200 points against their opponents, 27. So that's pretty impressive through, uh, what, eight weeks? And, and they're holding four, too, as well. So uh, they're the number one team in Division Two for a reason, and they're proving it. The surprise team here is the Dark Angels, number two yeah. on Massey, number two in Division. We have not talked to the, about them all year. So a little, uh, they probably feel a little disrespected because we haven't even mentioned Detroit at this point. Um, they are up against Cap City, and I feel bad for Cap City already. Yeah, the Detroits, they're beastly. You know, the, yeah, they did. they're on a roll. You know, uh, the, the thing that's intriguing me, uh, not to, you know, uh, I wanted to go back to St. Louis real quick. Is, sure, go ahead. 
they have been tearing it up. They they've really been on a tear right now. And you're really going to see a huge matchup in two weeks when they have to play the Minnesota Vixens. And, mm-hmm. man, that, that, that's going to be an incredible matchup. I mean, because, you know, the Minnesota Vixens, I mean, they, they're used to winning. That's a winning program right there. So they, they understand, you know, what it takes to win. And, and uh, they're not new to this winning thing. So they're not going to be, you know, necessarily scared of what St. Louis has been doing. And But St. Louis – they really want to go ahead and see at, at this point um, how they fare against one of the top teams in the WFA. So I know St. Louis is looking forward to it. Um, they they get a week off and then they and then they get a chance to play Minnesota. So I, I'm just definitely looking forward to that tilt right there, man. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big one. Uh, you might be able to catch that on Town Square TV, which you will. So you'll get to see it. It's pretty pretty awesome. Um, oh, Troy, okay. uh, what do we say? What do we say of Mile High and Houston Energy? Houston coming off the IWFL makeshift season when the best of the West teams departed. They win the championship. Uh, they're 4-0 as well. They have been tearing it up uh, on their schedule as well. Mile High, 5-0 and out there with our no just football athletes, uh, Sasha Cruz and uh, Smooth Lori Jones, just killing it at QB. So um, that lower half there, 6-7, and seven, they're really on a roll too. Yeah, especially Mile High. Um, I'm not sure if I thought they were going to do as well here, considering that they had some uh, pretty big injuries. But, man, they've only allowed 12 points this entire season on defense, and they've been running up the score on pretty much everyone except for the Kansas City Titans. That they just, They've been playing amazing amazing football and, and you definitely have to be proud of what they've done uh, they got love Troy we had win, we had win up here and she said she all she wanted to do was win so it's sort of she, already happening yeah she was not lying man so she, she's been really putting on a lot of teams and I really don't see anyone that's going to be able to slow them down I mean they have that uh, rubber match for the year Kansas City Titans but They've already handled the Blitz earlier this year. They, they've handled uh, Las Cruces this year. Neither one of those teams scored on them. Those are your next two games for the Mile High Blaze. It's really going to really come down to that Kansas City Titans match. Um, and and that, that game was, was about as close as it can get. You want to find out what Kansas City did to slow that team down to hold them to only nine points. But, man, they've really been putting it on teams this year. You've got to be proud of the way that they've been playing. All right, uh, Luis, we don't talk about D3 so much, but Orlando kicking ass. Sin City is right there. Uh, Nevada, we haven't talked about it either at this point, and they're up there in the top three. So one, two, and three is literally, uh, you know, really well. The, the champs, I think, are just tearing up the Florida coast. Jacksonville, not a problem. Miami Fury, not a problem. Nobody's been a problem. Even I think they their best matchup this week is, Daytona, and I think Daytona should be scared. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think Orlando. I know there's a couple other good teams out west, and so I. But I do think Orlando will be in the championship on that side. Uh, you know, I've played with Chandis. They've got some good athletes. Got some great speed. She can throw the long ball. Um, and then I know Sin City and Nevada are. You know, since City's four and one and Nevada's four and zero, oh, 
Uh, and even Southern Oregon, Lady Gays, are three and one. I just don't think they can stay with Orlando. I just don't see that. And so, well, I predict the West Orlando will get interesting. This, the West gets interesting this week because Nevada does face Sin City, so it's really a crucial uh, to decide Massey here. Yeah. Kind of break it up a little bit. So Sin City takes on Nevada. So four and zero against four and one in D three. Pretty interesting on the West Coast. Yep. I predict Nevada will win that game. I know Sin City yeah, only was, lost to Cali War, but I predict Nevada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I I I don't know. I mean, they've just been under the radar, and we don't mm-hmm. pay so much focus on it. But based on Burmese feedback and um, info uh, on a weekly basis, I kind of see that they're under the radar. Maybe they got the chip on their shoulder. They they take care of Sin City here. They, Massey might be just so uh, nice to them to put them up at number one or number or number two at this point or maintain that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's going to be a pretty crucial game there. So some of the key games that I'm keeping an eye on here is Minnesota against Iowa. Our girl McKenzie out there taking on the uh, Vixen. Troy, it's probably not going to happen. What do you think? <laughs> is he still there? There's salty scare him away. Yeah, no, I think he dropped totally. him. Totally. I but anyways, Minnesota um, totally on that. Yeah, I know, right. I, I just, I, I, I mean, I bless the Iowa Phoenix. I think they're, they're playing some decent ball as well. But against uh, Minnesota, I think just too tough, too, uh, you know, in that regard, too tough. Um, but um, Troy, are you back or are you scared of salty? Kind of comment on, on the Iowa. You <laughs> <laughs> dropped off scared. What's going on? I'm having some issues with my phone as usual. Uh, where, where were no, we I'm at? Good. Sorry about that. No, I, I was saying uh, you totally neglected Iowa there, <laughs> really nicely. <laughs> no, uh, Mackenzie's taking on the uh, the Vixen this this coming weekend, so I guess Ooh. we need to say prayers or something. Ooh, ah man, see, yeah, I mean, listen, Minnesota is just again the, the same as they've been doing every year. They've just been knocking people's blocks off. This year hasn't been different. Um, you know, they're 4-0 right now. They just came off of a 50 to nothing win against the, the Wisconsin Dragons. They're, they still have it, uh, have it going right now. I mean, they're averaging 328 yards a game, 27 points a game. This is just really hard to slow them down. Iowa, um, they're struggling right now. Um, you know, St. Louis just put it on uh, last week. And they really can't slow teams down at this point. Um, I think it'll be more the same uh, when it comes to Minnesota, especially having those two two teams back to back. It's just going to be a struggle for them. So yeah, I wouldn't have a chance in this one. Sorry, Zolfi. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here, but I, I'm she's going to play great. That's all I know. She's going to play great, and everything's going to be good. So she's oh, good. Sure. Um. Um. Troy, Cali War taking on Kansas City. So, do we say our prayers now for Kansas City? Because I think that's going to be 0 and 6. Unless they, unless Sour, unless Sowers and company can show us different, uh, I think Elisa King's crew is going to come in there and just do what they do. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, Cali War is just they're they're a different level right now. Um, I just I really like the way that they they just go out and handle business. I will say this. The Kansas City Titans are a tough bunch. Now, they haven't won any games, but all of their games are relatively close except for yes. um, 
you know, one of the games they had against St. Louis. But um, I think overall they've been really well. But I think um, I think Cali is just a little bit too much for them. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm with you on that, uh, Luis. The other game is uh, that I have jotted down here was Miami Tampa Bay. Uh, it's an opportunity for Miami to kind of rebound. It's a, an opportunity for Tampa Bay to make a statement here. Two and three, they've played really tough schedule, you know, against D1. So they, they really, I think this is a must win for the Inferno to kind of go to 500 midway here and kind of, you know, kind of reset themselves for the remainder of the, the schedule. Yeah, I actually, considering the Inferno lost to DC 70 to 30, was that, or 31, I think that was the score. They scored 31 points on DC. Granted, DC scored 70, but 31. So I'm going with the Inferno on this. I definitely think they have played a tough schedule. I feel like they're this year's, last year's Phoenix Phantoms. And um, so, and, and you know, I should I should back up. I think if they match up with Orlando, no, have they played Orlando this year? No, I can't remember. Um, but at some point they may match up. I think that would be a great game. Yeah, uh, Orlando's just on a different level in D3, I know, because of roster, but they're impressive. They're very impressive, and they've done their part this year, and you can't say anything. Um, we do have a uh, – what is it, the other – oh, we have uh, Columbus taking on Cleveland. So, Troy, Mid, uh, this is sort of a, an Ohio battle-type mentality here. Four and one, Comets taking on uh, two and three, Fusion. So, uh, if Cleveland really needs to – probably get a win here to stay in somewhat of a decent contention. Uh, Columbus really looks good so far. Might be his phone again. Yeah. Yeah. So, Luis, uh, what do you think a, a Cleveland must win for them uh, versus Columbus? Because I think Columbus is looking quite yeah. a keep pace with Minnesota and Pittsburgh and Detroit and St. Louis. I just think Columbus is just too good. I mean, they're four and one. Cleveland's two and three, though. Though they're both nasty, tough teams. But I saw a little bit of film with Columbus. Uh, I think they got that one. Yeah, um, DC Pittsburgh. Uh, I think an improvement there. But uh, like I said, uh, you know, the Divas really playing solid ball. Um, they will meet Boston one more time. I think that's literally what they're wor- working towards. But they got a lot of playmakers on there. I mean, if you see them on. If you saw their stream and their live, their Facebook live, very much well done. So, you know, shout out to Rich Daniels out there and his crew and everybody else that's making mm-hmm. it happen. Really professionally done. And now they're at the St. James, the indoor facility, and it looks uh, amazing when you're watching the game. Uh, hats off to yep. uh, Donna and, and the broadcast team out there making it look, really look like ESPN 3-like and done a good job there as well. Hey, I got to say, I made a mistake. I was thinking uh, Tampa Bay was D3, and they're not. So they can't play uh, Chandis. I was thinking they were. But, yeah, Miami and Tampa Bay are D2. So they'll never play. So now I for sure think that Orlando will be there in the championship. Yeah, Orlando, yeah, Melissa Sparks got that team going. Um, Coach out there has got them them going. Um, They're a really good Mm -hmm. bunch out there. So they're just on a roll right now. They're no different than St. Louis in a lot of ways. They're just, you know, they're on a high. They're, they are confident every game. And um, so Daytona Wave runners, uh, I will have to say, you know what? You got to come in and bring your A game because if you don't, you're going to get steamrolled. So it's really what it boils down to. 
Um, let's see here. The other game is uh, of interest would be Connecticut taking on Richmond. Connecticut was really good uh, until they meet up last weekend when they get the win. <laughs> but uh, three and one, and now uh, they're getting on Richmond. Richmond really needs this rebound game. They really need to kind of get a win here. Connecticut coming off that loss. So um, it's a pretty good battle here on D3. Yeah, that's a good – that could go either way. I just feel like it could just go either way. And uh, I think I'm going to go with Connecticut, but I think it will be a 20-13 to 13 game. I actually like yeah, Richmond. Yeah, on the other – You like I Richmond? Think Richmond – yeah, I think I think they've played. Um, you know, they've kind of righted the ship. Um, you know, they played some. They played two tough games at the beginning of the season uh, against Baltimore and Philly, and they've kind of acquitted themselves since there. And uh, so I know it's going to be a bit of a tough matchup for both of them. But I think Richmond takes this one. I know they they have to go on the road up to Connecticut to see this one, but I think Richmond takes this one. Oh, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Troy's going to go for uh, right there in his backyard. Going for the Black Widows. What? So, um, Troy. what's the score, Troy? She says. Uh, you know what? I think it's going to be a bit of a high scoring affair. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go 38-34. I think Richmond takes it. Um, I think Connecticut starts to come back, but they fall a little bit short at the end. All right, the other team we're not talking about is the Mississippi Royalty uh, that just springs up here, but um, we'll be talking about them probably in the next two weeks here because they are pretty impressive. They beat their in-state rivals, Panthers, uh, last week. I believe uh, Massey's got them up in that scale as well. So uh, Mississippi Royalty, I think it was last week, uh, if I can – yeah, it was 22-20. They beat the Panthers. This week they get uh, what's on my schedule here. Mississippi gets Tulsa. Um, yeah, the Tulsa threat. So um, should be a good matchup there that we can watch for. The battle of uh, the Dallas Elite really needs to not get down here uh, against Austin. They need a win here to stay in contention. The three and two really need to do that. Arlington versus Arkansas, and Arkansas forfeited, so Arlington pretty much get that. And then uh, Arkansas really uh, posted up a a post out there of uh, the injuries, low numbers. Um, they were just going to forfeit the last games, which is the right thing to do for the players anyways. Um, and so we just retool for next year, as, as they say. Yeah, that's just too bad. Um, and, and Arlington's better this year than I expected because last year was a down year for them a little bit. So no one likes to yeah, not play Yeah, they're, they're playing good games. ball. They're playing very good ball. I agree. They're doing really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, week uh, week seven key games for the WFA, the Divas versus Pittsburgh, um, should be on D.C. Divas Football Live. Uh, you can also catch D.C. Nation. Uh, we usually share it on our uh, at the hub at facebook.com for Sanskrit and Beauties. Uh, Baltimore against Boston, that's another key matchup. I'm pretty sure the uh, Renegades will probably broadcast that as well. And then you got a Philly versus Maine. Uh, we're looking at Columbus against Cleveland, Cali War, Kansas City, uh, Miami against Tampa Bay. Um, what other games are you guys going to keep an eye on? Oh, Sin City, Nevada we talked about. We're going to be monitoring that in D3. 
Um, we also have Richmond, Connecticut, and uh, looking at looking forward to that as well. So there's a couple key games that we're going to uh, kind of keep an eye on. And then any other surprises that come up on the schedule this week, we'll take a look at that. But there's a lot of good football being played in the WFA as well in every tier. And as we get closer in the next two or three weeks, it's going to be the same situation that we were just talking about in the WNFC. Uh, Massey will tighten up, and everybody's going to start to figure out who's going to be in contention or not. Yeah, the next couple of weeks are all the bread and butter. That's where it's going to be figured out, which is exciting time. Yeah, the road to Denver to on both sides. Yeah, things starting to tighten up on both sides. So, you know, the, the closer we get, I mean, you start to see, start to see these teams separate. Uh, as you alluded to, Division One's already kind of set, but you want to see how that kind of shakes out in the end, man. So it's definitely going to be entertaining down the stretch here. All right. So, guys, anything, uh, the best podcast globally on the planet, NFL Weekly News and six years running, that is us. You're listening to it on Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, and every other platform you can get even on Google Cast now. So, um, so it's been awesome. Give us a good rating. Uh, go to Apple, uh, the Apple Podcast site. Um, we've got a five, a five rating right now, which is awesome, and I really appreciate it. And we got an international flair. We got a lot of international players now listening to us. Uh, we are now at uh, 87%, I think, on the metrics in the U.S. and then everywhere else: Canada, Mexico, UK, um, even uh, what else did I say? Brazil out there, Brazil, Australia as well. So, um, you guys, uh, Luis and the and the and the crew here, Troy, you guys are being listened to literally internationally every single week now. So it's pretty awesome, and uh, we got feedback from everybody liking our show and giving us feedback and insights and everything that we do. So I'm very appreciative of all the feedback and as well as uh, all my co-hosts here that have made that this so possible. Definitely appreciate the love out there, y'all. Gridiron Blitz, we're worldwide, and it's all because of you guys. So definitely appreciate you guys supporting us and listening. Please keep listening. Please tell all your friends about it. Uh, you know, the more listeners we have, uh, the more we can, more input we can bring to you guys. And, of course, as always, if you are, you know, in the women's football or you play women's football, you're involved in women's football, please get up with us. We'd love to have you guys come on and interview. We'd like to have guests in all the time. So please don't hesitate to do so. Reach out to us and get with us, please. So, Luis, uh, let's talk about this uh, WFLA that came down the newswire today. Apparently, um, this WFLA is what the WFA athletes went to uh, poke the big gorilla at, but apparently they got it all together here, and they're going to build some arenas, and 32 teams coming forward. Uh, they're going to have a draft in Vegas. Um, I told my buddy when I saw that, that whole thing come out, you know what I said to him? This is almost like a pitch for penny stocks, where they, over, they <laughs> overblow the potential. <laughs> and then they oh, just man. take it under the rug for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how time. true all this is. You know what I mean? But it's like yeah. it seems too good to be true. <laughs> it's like way better than the AAF league, you know, that failed. So hey, you know, you gotta you gotta show it to me. And I mean, yeah, you could ask all kinds of questions about it. So. It'd be great if they could come on and explain it. And also, I'm thinking, is this the first I've heard about this? I mean, when you posted it, I thought, 
the draft in four months, and I've never heard about it. So I don't know. You know, it it sounds like I don't a know if they. I don't know if they called you to be drafted. Is that is that what you're saying? No. They never called you. No. Nope. I just know that I'm on. Yeah, I'm on a need to know basis. I just know that I'm on social media, and I know that, uh, and I see stuff. So I'm thinking, how have I never even heard about this? I mean, you'd think that every girl, every girl out there, you have to have names to draft. So, and then you'd want to have to be able to apply to be in the draft. I mean, there's so many questions. So. I think what a great idea. What a great, wonderful idea. But yeah, that's a little far fetched. So anyway. Yeah, I, I, I didn't under I didn't understand the uh how did how did I put that on there? Let, 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 Troy, this is this is how amazing this is. Since announcing yeah. in March of this year, uh she will bring to the nation's first she is a beverage company, by the way, it's a beer company and you probably will Never like heard it. Of it. A, yeah, well anyways, huh? beer company. It's a beer company, Troy, that will bring to the nation its first successful Women's Football League Association. Global interest has soared. Female college football players to rugby Olympians have reached out to the professional organization with the number one question being, quote, when is the first draft, unquote. Undoubtedly a solid indication football fans are ready for the WFLA, which will consist of 32 teams, two divisions, an Eastern and a Western Conference. The teams are scheduled to play 258 games, where each team will play 18 games in an 18-week period. Four yeah, wild card, four divisional rounds, two conference championships, and one final Super Bowl. Itself, the launch of an organization with successful recruit efforts. So you want to be part of it. In response. Has, they have added eight additional teams to meet demand in those areas and to offer additional opportunities to bring the total to 32 professional franchises. Are you ready to put your money in there, Troy? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I have to be honest. <laughs> He's I, speechless. I, I, I've never heard of any of this stuff. I mean, I, I, no. I'd like to try it. I mean, it says beer, right? So I definitely want to try it. I, 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 mean, I didn't type it up, Troy, but if I did, it would it would have sounded so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just at a loss here. I mean, initially when I when I heard the news, I was just like, it's got to be a typo. If they got, they have to mean like you know, 2020. That's when the first draft is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. This is kind of early for something, you know. And and again, like you know, I haven't heard any of it and, and the you know the ladies I know that play football they haven't heard of it so who are these people Who's that they're going draft and, and these 32 well, you got 30 teams okay yes 30 uh, I mean, 32 teams Ooh, 32 okay. teams Troy you could you could have Troy's wild ones out there name the franchise Troy's wild ones 18 games um, 18 games 18 games so the CEO of this league, which is the beer company, She Beverage, Lupe Rose, quote, players will want to prepare now to be eligible to participate during this first round of drafts for 2020. We are looking forward to working with and developing talented females in the sport as we put to rest once and for all, Troy, the notion that will never be a successful professional women's football league, unquote. Uh. I don't know what to say about that one. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. 
I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I'll I'll say it. I I'll, I won't. You know, I, I'm typically um, a skeptic, but on this one, I'm gonna. You know, it, it sounds like they're they're pretty confident in what they're gonna do. I just I, I just have to hear more about this. I mean, I, I just haven't heard anything. I, you know Troy, what, I'm try. if this wasn't enough for you, they are going to get <laughs> the first release of a women's football gaming platform video. The video gaming licensing will offer financial benefits to you and your players and your athletes as part of the WFLA. Okay, now wait a minute now. Now hold on. <laughs> You're telling me – wait a minute. So I don't know if I heard you right. Let me Let me just – so you're telling me there's also a video game that's coming out about this league? Yes, sir. A video gaming licensing will be offered as additional benefit to you. Uh, I'm okay. All right. Let, let, let's let's get it go. I just you know I, I, I'm really speechless on this one, man. I, I want to say something positive, but I just don't know where it's going. Like. Video game licensing. We have to. Do, do they have, is there one player that we know of that's going to be in this league? Well, I guess not because they haven't drafted him yet. This is amazing. I, I, I want to see how they pull this off. I mean, there's so many leagues out there, and there's so many. You got 32 teams. You said 18 games. It's a beer company. I'm looking at the website now. The She Beverage Company. Um, and by the way, I'm going to have to order some of this beer. I have to taste this beer. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys heard of the beer? Uh, first of all, have you, first have you guys all, heard of it? No, I have not. I'm not a beer drinker. Okay. So. Uh, me neither, so that's why I was curious. Yeah, I'm looking at the website. I've never heard of this beer, and I am a beer person. No doubt about it. All okay. of my friends can tell um, and So I will order some of this beer if I can, and I will, I will definitely come on the show next <laughs> And that's the first We're gonna test drive the beer. beer. We're gonna test drive the beer. <laughs> yeah, let's start there. Let's start. Let's start small. Let's taste the beer. We'll see if it's good enough to have enough funds to support entirely. Let's do that first. So we'll do that. I'll, I'll I'll do this. I will try to order the beer. I will let you guys know how the beer tastes, okay. and then we could be like, the beer tastes so good it could fund a 32 team league and a video game with it, and we'll see. You know, so I'll let you, you guys. Might get, I'll keep you posted. Troy, you might even get some stock in this beer once it's set, because you'd be a rich well, guy like if they fund this and it goes I'll by. You know. Oh yeah, I'm a stock guy. I love buying stock. Look, if it's that good, yeah, I'll buy some stock in it. I like to be in those grand floor things, man. You know, see, let's, okay, let's you better do this. Yeah, Troy, you better do you that. I'm holding you to it. It's a lot right, of fluid. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find a way to order this beer. Through hell or high water, I will try to get me at least a six pack of this beer, and I will test it. Okay, and I will uh, let you guys. Troy, I will save you time. It's called Ritzy at Beverages dot com, so that would be Ritzy Mullins. You can get a contact her. <laughs> tell I got her, you. Tell her <laughs> on a big time worldwide podcast, and you'd like to test her beer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll get it for free. Yeah, maybe you just get a beer shipment for free. For free. You know there what? you go. I knew, I knew, I knew I could avoid it with you guys for some reason. You guys are smart, man. You guys are smart. Save hey, me a little bit of money on saying, worldwide platform. We want to talk to you, and I'd like to test your beer before we bring you on. Yeah, <laughs> that would be you know great. What? 
I will send out the yeah. I will send out the feelers tonight to make this happen. Oh, Stay tuned. Apparently, the first draft will be August thirty first, two thousand nineteen, in Vegas at the MGM Grand. No other grander place than the MGM. So that's pretty good, I guess. Hey, you know, speaking of drafts, uh, you know how we had Dale, uh, the guy, who, the AFE football events, and they're going to yeah. Virginia Beach at the end of July? Yep. They're actually doing a draft um, for the gals that have been invited. I turned it down because I just had too much going on. and so, mm-hmm. But I know other girls that are going. And they're going to do a draft for it because it's all girls from all across the nation. So. They, and they originally had told us that if you went to Mexico, that you'd be on one team and the new girls would be on another team. But now they're going to do a draft. I don't know when the draft is, but I'm thinking, hey, you know, we'll see how that plays out. And the coaching staff's going to draft, and that could be kind of interesting and entertaining. And then it'll lead us up to the free beer and the draft at the MGM. So that'll actually be something to look out for. I'm not talking about well, the MGM. We, got a lot of, we still have a lot of a lot of football between now and the end of the year, and we're, we we haven't even talked international. <laughs> so That's true. We'll need a lot more beer than just one case. Yeah. Sorry, so if you <laughs> mandate that, please get us more beer. Oh, man. I'll get a case, and then I'll try to get some beer for you guys also. How about that? I got you covered. Hey, I, need, I need Dr. Pepper because I don't drink, so Dr. Pepper, man. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be oh, close. More beer for me. This is just getting better. Oh, that's better. right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Luis, I know you had to go. So, thank you for making the time today, uh, coming in. And um, we'll see. I guess it, we're going to see you in Utah again at some point, right? I'm uh, going to be. I'm leaving uh, Thursday for practice in the game, and then in a couple weeks I'll be back to Utah full time. So, anyways, it's been fun <laughs> hanging with you guys. It's always fun. Funner when Troy comes on. And so, of course. Uh, good times, good times. So, I'll talk to you guys. Uh, I don't know if I'm on next week. I'll know next week. So, thanks, Oscar, Perfect. for all you do. All right. Appreciate it. All thanks right. uh, for making the time. Uh, safe travels yep. to Utah. We'll see you. Bye. See you guys. Bye. All right. So, Troy, um, so there you go. Bear, bear, free beer. If you reach out, I guess, to. Ritzy or whatever her name is, and uh, the WFLA will hook you up, I guess, with the the She Beverage Company. Oh man, I'm down for this. I, I look, I always like trying new beers, man. So I'm I'm all on board with this one. I'm getting up with them tonight. They will they will have an email if they're listening? Expect an email from Troy Wilson, the first tonight for for this beer because I need to get that ASAP. Perfect. Um, Troy, let's. Let's talk about Legends Football League here. Um, you saw a couple games already. Uh, week one, Seattle, L.A., pretty interesting. Uh, first game of the year, uh, Salerno had some issues there going on. And then Seattle, obviously, all-star fantasy, Allie Alberts, uh, Jade Randall, everything really good and ready to go. Then the second game, um, we had Atlanta, Chicago. Obviously, we already know Coach Hack was – completely detached, and here we are, uh, quarterback issues, offensive line issues, all this other stuff that's been happening, and Atlanta pretty much gets that win. Then we get L.A. and Denver. Uh, Denver much improved, to my surprise as well, and so L.A. pulls out the win here, and so we got, what, week, uh, was it uh, last week, Austin coming up this weekend. Uh, it was Austin 38-8 to uh, against the Chicago Bliss. 
and um, Troy, Chicago. I should we be should we be happy that they actually played four quarters of decent football to how they were doing it, or should we be disappointed in the fact that the acoustic literally played down, and Michelle Angel probably had one of her worst games, uh, besides the Ferrari bailing her out. This was probably Michelle Angel's probably bad, a bad game. In other words, I mean she never usually has bad games, but somehow this game was as bad. The line, uh, Chicago D really stepped up, pressured, and everything else. So that's what it was. But they still pull it out, thirty-eight to eight. Still with me, Troy? Yeah, definitely. Definitely All was right. surprised that Michelle uh, played the game that she played. I mean, she looked erratic the entire game. She was wild. She was inaccurate. She made very, very poor decisions, not her typical self. And uh, and the, the surprising thing was that Chicago's defense did play relatively tough, but a lot of her errors were just unforced. She just threw the ball out of bounds. She was, she was very inaccurate. She threw the ball in the traffic. I mean, one, you know, especially in the first quarter, I mean, she threw the ball, um, you know, threw it right interception, which the interception was called back. And then later on, um, you know, the, the one interception she did have hit off the side of the wall and ran back uh, for a touchdown. Uh, it, it was just it was just a very poor game. Rachel Washington scored that touchdown. It was a very poor game by her. But just to, to your point, with all of this, you know, the, the, the terrible play that the quarterback, you know, you had bad quarterback play uh, out there for Michelle Angel, they still ended up winning that game 38-8. to but that also gives you several indications. One, the state of Chicago. Um, initially, you know, we, we thought we would see a little bit different from, you know, from the quarterback position, Tamika Rob Robinson. She's not playing in this game. She was already, you know, sort of iffy at the quarterback position. She's typically the wide receiver. They moved her to quarterback because of athleticism. And we saw in the first game that didn't really look good. And we thought we were going to see Sharquella Baker, uh, who they just signed from the Daytona Wave Runners in the WFA. We thought we'd have seen her come out in the first snap. And then you go out there and you see uh, Chad Dusan out there. She was third-string quarterback, also a former wide receiver. And it was just really rocky from the start for Chicago. I mean, as bad as, um, as, bad as Michelle Angel played, the, the Bliss, they played even worse, especially in the first uh, series of the game. You had, you know, three delayed game penalties, a false start, a fumble, and a punt that hit the scoreboard. This is all on the first drive of the game, if you want to call that a drive. Very, very poor start. So, I mean, that was just going to be things, um, you know, more of that to come during, throughout the game. And it just looked bad out there. And there was a couple of things also that I saw. Coach Alvera for the uh, acoustics just didn't understand some of the, you know, the – calls he was making out there. I mean, he declined a penalty on fourth down. Uh, didn't give his team a chance, you know, twice in the red zone, close to the end zone. You want to give your, your team three times, or excuse me, two times to try to score a touchdown. And that really didn't come to fruition. He declined the penalty and they ended up not scoring. I mean, obviously it didn't make much of a difference in the game. But I think the biggest thing that you take away from this is that, number one, Chris Dell Harris is still the best running back in that league. I mean, she's the Adrian Peterson in the LFL. I mean, 10 years. We didn't know she was going to come back and play at all this season. She ended up signing with the Acoustics. She went out there and just flat out balled out. She had about 86 yards in, in the halftime. 
and if you watch the LFL, you know it's not much of a running team. That's how how well Chris Dell Harris is playing. I mean, she was, you know, tearing off uh, 10-, 11-yard runs. She was averaging 10 yards a carry uh, in the first half, and it was just, you know, it was just nothing that the Blitz could do, and especially playing against her old former team. Uh, you knew she wanted to come back and, and make a statement, you know, um, against them uh, in her new home with the acoustics. But also, the, the player that you also looked at was Cassandra Bill, that wide receiver, they really should have gotten her the ball earlier in the season, and I think they started to do that now. They're giving her the ball in jet sweeps. They're throwing the ball to her. Um, they're throwing short passes. She's become a much better route runner than she was in the beginning of the season, and you you see that she has the confidence of get me the ball now. You saw her, in, in, you know, when they called a timeout, and in the huddle they were trying to decide what play to go, and she said, give me the sweep, give me the ball. And the coach looked right at her, looked right at her, and said, "All right, we're gonna call the sweep." They called the sweep, and sure enough, she ran 14 yards down the sideline for the first down. That's the kind of leadership that you want to see. Um, and you already have Crystal uh, uh, Harris, Michelle Angel, in her leadership position, and now you also got to throw. Um, you also have to throw Cassandra Bills in there because you, you really want like to see that. And, then, and also on the defensive side of the ball. They are now have Cassandra Bills at the cornerback position, and she's just such a heck, heck of an athlete. And then you have the shutdown corner herself over there also, uh, Marissa Colston. She has some serious intangibles, man. She's so smart. The one thing I liked about her is you saw how she recognized the run very quickly when she fills. That's it was no chance. When I saw her, she do jumped that, on the ball really, really fast. She's got that eye um, look on it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, you know, for those listening, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Antoine Winfield. He used to play cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings. That's what she Mm -hmm. reminds me of. Not the biggest player out there, not the fastest, but, man, she has so much heart, and she will put her nose in there to stop that run, and you love, you saw the love that she plays with out there. She calls herself the shutdown corner. I completely agree. She knocked the pass away. She she, uh, prevented the touchdown also. She's the best defensive back I've seen playing the LFL. In a long time, and then you also had the Dowdy twins. They're always they've always been stalwarts. Nothing's different. They're they're just unblockable. You, you really couldn't stop them. They just harass the quarterbacks all day long. And you wanted to see Sharquella Baker come out there in her first time. They just again they shined her away from the uh, Daytona Wave Runners, and um, she you know they wanted to see her you know acclimated pretty quickly. Uh, you saw they had they called a couple of runs to see if she can get you know um, so she can kind of knock the rust off, get the butterflies out. And I thought she played pretty well. You know when she put the ball in the spots, she really needed players to come away with it. I mean she hit one and you know she threw a pass in the corner of the end zone, it was a deep pass, maybe about forty, uh, excuse me, thirty yards. And um, if the wide receiver would have caught the ball, it would have been a touchdown. It ended up being an interception, and the ball was taken away from her. But I thought she played really well. The one thing that you wanted to see is you knew that acoustics were going to outmatch them. They're just bigger, they're faster, um, you know, they're more experienced. But you knew it was going to be lopsided. But I really liked the way that Chicago competed and wanted to see how they were going to compete at the quarterback position, especially with all the changes that they've had there with injuries and, you know, inexperience. I thought Sharquella Baker played very well out there considering the circumstances. 
Um, and I think going forward, they have something to build on. But the Eclipses, they were just a little bit too strong. Crystal Harris, I think she scored three touchdowns. Um, Winfrey, she also scored. You know, they're, they're a very, very solid team, a much different team than we're used to seeing out of Austin. I think they have finally made their way to being, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the West, and they're, they're going to be very well respected going forward. The teams have seen how they can play, especially the way, you know, and, and, and you, won't, you won't expect Michelle Angel, a player like that, to have another poor outing like that. I think that was just an aberration as, as football players. We all have them every now and then. I think she will write the ship. She's experienced. She's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't think you'll see that going forward with her. So I expect to see a better, more uh, sharper Michelle Angel going forward. And I think you'll see more of the same with Christelle Harris. She is just just phenomenal. She's the best running back in the league's history, short fire Hall of Famer. And I think she carries them uh, all the way to the title, at least from what I've seen so far. So, Troy, uh, the clash that will happen on June 29th in Seattle be the uh, interesting one that the LFL fans have to look forward to. It is Austin Acoustic taking on Seattle, Miss. It is Matheny taking on Michelle Angel, Randall, uh, Albert, and then you got all the intangibles out here, Harris, uh, Cassandra uh, Bills and stuff like that. Um, So you got a lot of defense on both sides. That should be a classic. June 29th, we'll see how that works out. But it's um, the return, Michelle Angel to Seattle on that day. Um, this past weekend, you guys are going to get to watch uh, Seattle versus Omaha, Troy. And um, I don't know if the Omaha experiment in the LFL and Mitchell Mortaza has figured it out, but Coach Dante Allen staying as coach is not the solution to an Omaha roster that is underperforming, I think, in a lot of ways. A lot of talented players and this past weekend, Seattle put on the fireworks at home, 71-6. to And you guys will get to watch it via YouTube this weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't feel like, um, you know, going to the season that the Omaha Heart did enough to improve their team. And couple that with going against Seattle, who was also, you know, many people can consider them to be the favorite to win it all. This wasn't going to be a good game for them. So uh, definitely looking forward to watching it. Um, maybe, you know, I just want to see how Omaha plays. Um, you like some of the things that they do. You like the way that they run the football, say Vincent. Um, but other than that, they, they got a lot of work to do, and it's apparent from that score. Yeah, and so you'll get to watch it this weekend. Uh, so, Troy, let's preview week six, uh, week seven here, or week six here, Atlanta. Uh, Steam coming off that win from Chicago. They took care of Chicago, obviously, 30-8. The triplets look good. Uh, Ziegler and company as well. Michelle Marshall didn't even wasn't even con- uh, you know, a contributor at that point. They haven't even utilized her yet. Um, you have Abby Williams as well. Um, so at- Atlanta really looked good. Now they take on Los Angeles Temptation here. So 1-0 Atlanta taking on the Temptation coming off that victory in Denver, 47-18, where Salerno looked a lot better defensively a lot better. The Lopez sisters really good. Um, you know, just a lot of improvements on, on LA side in terms of offensive scheming as well. So this should, this should be a good matchup. I really like the way uh, Salerno is playing this season. I really do. I, I really think that that's really the difference between, um, 
I, I really think that'll be the difference. Uh, we haven't really seen good quarterback play in, in Atlanta this year. I think part of it is just by the way the calls they've been play calling. Um, but I think that L.A. can write the ship here. They've gone also had a lot of changes, but, man, they really also uh, have a lot of talent and a lot of experience on that team. So I think going forward, I think I think I think LA takes this game. I know Atlanta's a much more talented squad right now, um, but I think LA sneaks this one out. I think they'll figure what. Troy, and by the way, they haven't lost in Atlanta, and you got uh, you you got Monique Axiola back, and so um, the last time they I think they played in Atlanta, they didn't lose in Atlanta. They they won a big uh, real big burner down there, nail biter as well. So Salerno back. Really can approve here against Dakota Hughes. Uh, this is a big-time game for Dakota Hughes uh, playing against a legend in the LFL, which is uh, Salerno. And can she take down and make a statement here for the uh, steam? Otherwise, Los Angeles, if they pull this one out, Troy, L.A. will now go to 2-1-1 and, and really start to eye, put an eye on that uh, loss, the first-week loss against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, and they, you know, you – Chalk it up to, you know, Seattle being a better team and also it's the beginning of the year. Um, you know, things they, – they found a way to right the ship against Denver. Uh, but they're going to be playing a much better team in, in Atlanta this week, and they know that. Um, you want to see if the experience from Mo Gax, uh, is she, is she going to go ahead and, and, you know, give her team a spark and with her leadership and her ability out there. And they didn't look very good against Seattle. But Seattle has a tendency to make teams look very bad, so you know you don't hold that against them. But we'll see. We want to want to, want to go see how they um, how they come out in this next game, and we'll keep you guys posted on that one. All right. So Troy, uh, after this matchup this weekend against Atlanta, the um, the temptation are pretty much off until July 27th when they take on Michelle Angel in the Acoustic. So that should be a really good battle to finish the season off. If they win against Atlanta, they would put themselves at what three and one or two and one, and they would be at three and one if they could beat uh, the acoustic. So it's going to be a really crucial matchup. Um, we haven't seen Nashville yet, which we will see the week after. We'll see how that uh, squad has been revamped after removal of the uh, Miss All Stars. We'll see how the uh, Knights operate, and they get a chance to uh, take on the Heart after that, and the Heart's got opportunity here to kind of redeem themselves from the Seattle disaster that you're going to watch this weekend, 71 to 6. So uh, pretty pretty good ball coming up here. So Atlanta, LA, and then you'll get to watch it on YouTube. Unfortunately, the uh, massacre that is the 71 to 6 at uh, Showware Center. Seattle Miss taking on the uh, Omaha Heart this weekend. Yeah, I kind of feel for Omaha. <laughs> I, I really do. Um, just, Troy, the cringe not, of watching uh, the cringe of watching your uh, your uh, show like or your your game a week later. You know what I mean? It's like these girls are gonna like probably don't want to relive that nightmare. But it's good fame, a uh, good uh, film tape to kind of figure out what went wrong at this point and what you're able to do better. Yeah, and you know, just let you know what you have to do. And yeah, I think they've seen enough of that film already uh, so far. So yeah, hopefully they can write the ship, but. It doesn't look good for Omaha going forward. I, I really don't think they've done enough to improve themselves uh, this season. 
And um, I just think it's be more more of the same as it has been the last few seasons where the wins are far and few in between. Yeah, I can tell you right now, uh, our no joke football athlete uh, Anna Garza. When I when that happened and I saw the score and I just a direct messaged her and said, you know, keep your head up and all that. And and she all she all she said to me on a message was, got more work to do. That's all she said. Got more work to do. So uh, that's the way it goes, I guess. Just gotta just get you know keep improving, getting better and stuff. So um, if you guys haven't gone to the hub, you are missing out. Every week, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Bernard Beauty. International news, domestic news, breaking news, updates, everything. We have the best network on the planet. Uh, number one Twitter sports site on Twitter for women's American football, bar none. So I can say that with pride and awesome uh, because we do the best job out there in terms of women's American football news and notes and updates. And we have assembled the best network on the planet from everywhere, Europe, Guam, Canada, North America, South America, you name it, on the globe. Uh, this boy right here has busted his ass for 10 years, and we are proud to say that, that we have the best network on the planet. So, uh, Troy, it's just a lot of laboring, but uh, we are we have arrived, as one of my uh, staffers have said, we have arrived. So we feel really good about that. And you and you should feel good about it because, like I said, man, you're the hardest working guy in the business, man, and, and nobody else can can attest to that better than I can. So, I'm definitely proud of all the work that we've done and all the work that you've done, also, man. Because, you know, obviously, without you, man, this 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 doesn't happen. So, definitely appreciate all your hard work, brother. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Um, so go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash Career Beauties. Get everything there. Uh, we got networking from everywhere. And I really want to thank everybody that networks with us uh, internationally as well as domestic, getting it out, sending us the links, sending us articles, putting together everything that uh, we can post up and link up and everything. And we cover the best of the best, the best athletes on the planet, whether it be legend style play or whether it be full kit NFL style play. That is our goal. That's what we've done for almost 10 years running. And so on Twitter, the number one site source, Twitter sports source for that. And on, on Facebook, we're growing. We're almost at 7,000, so we're going to get there soon here. I really want to uh, give a shout-out to a couple fans out in uh, in, uh, in Spain, in Portugal to be exact. Uh, they put up a big order of No Joke Football gear this past weekend. I really appreciate you guys out there uh, confiding in our brand and everything. So we got No Joke Football gear going out to Portugal, of all places. So I really appreciate that. And uh, if you want to order it, it's at Zazzle.com. Zazzle's been our sponsor for almost six years. And without Zazzle, we would not be live on the show. Um, so thank you to Zazzle for everything they do for us. And if you want to support the podcast, support Women's American Football and spotlighting athletes uh, with our Noja Football brand as well, you can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Iron Beauties and put in the codes, special daily codes. You can also take advantage of the uh, Zazzle Black $10 for the year, and you get free shipping. So, uh, Troy, it's a great bargain. Everybody should go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Zazzle's been our big-time supporters and keep us on the air a long time. So, um, Troy, on Facebook, we got LFL 360, the uh, acoustic for Chicago profile. Uh, Jessica Hopkins, Troy, now a coach on the Seattle Myth, and what you say of her. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we 
doing a fantastic job up there. And, you know, the more I love hearing about, you know, the former players that get into coaching because I think the players – uh, give them a lot much more uh, respect because they've been where they are and they know how to handle it. And, it, you know, you have situations where, you know, your team may be down or, you know, some losses start to pile up and they know the right mindset to go with. So anytime a, a former player becomes a coach, I just love to hear that because, you know, the, the players on the team respect them that much. And Jessica, the baller, ball hawk, everything else, great. I mean, you get your highlights and everything else. Just a, an amazing all-fantasy star uh, champion, of course. I believe three-time champion, including Canada. So she's got a big-time resume as well uh, in terms of uh, the LFL and what it's all about and a pioneer in the league, technically. Absolutely. It's just somebody that the, that the ladies in that league can look up to. And, you know, she's been, you know, there from the beginning. So you definitely have to respect that, and she gets the respect of all her peers. And... Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Um, so I think, uh, you know, Danica was a big time notice, you know, everybody was like, oh, Danica Brace, head coach of Nashville. And I think they overlooked, uh, uh, Jessica because, you know, she's obviously under Michelson. So it wasn't such a big hype, but we're going to, we're going to hype her up here. I think she deserves it. And, uh, she, her team's doing a fantastic job and, uh, they're proving it. They're scoring big time and they're going there. Um, you can also catch the interview on, uh, Facebook at the hub. Tercer Cuarto interviews. Uh, Luvia, uh, Luvia uh, Garza and Paula Merdieta of the Vikings, uh, Vikingas, and of the Miramu Jets. And that's going to be the battle this coming weekend of Lafay, uh, Lafay in Mexico, 11-11 action. And the playoffs are coming up. And this is a crucial matchup for both teams, top two teams in this league. So you can catch the interview there. They were doing previews as well and hyping up the game for this coming weekend. It's at Tercer Cuarto. And you get the link at Facebook.com at the hub. And then, uh, Troy, we got the LNFA Femenina coming up here in May 25th. It is Valencia Firebacks taking on the nine-time champion Barbera rookies, and that's going to happen on May 25th at the Spanish Bowl. Uh, Barbera really rolling this year, uh, and so I don't expect them to lose. And if they do, it would be an upset, and the Firebacks would be well-respected for that too, just beating up. Uh, Barbera's only been beaten once, I think, and that was Las, Las Rosas, Black Demons. That's like seven years ago, eight years ago. So this is a good program in Bar- uh, Barbera. Just complete total dominance is what it's been. Um, they just they just know how to get it done. So, it, yeah, I, I agree. I think it will be more the same unless you just see just a, just a, a jarring upset, which I don't, I don't think it will happen this time. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, we have women's uh, Germany, Germany action. Coming up, and we're going to get our network going there. Uh, we got a couple a couple posts there already for the German league. The uh, uh, AFBD kicks off. Uh, Belfed Bulldogs taking on Sour Lang Mustangs, and you get highlights there as well at the hub. Um, there's a spotlight, cool spotlight on St. Louis Slam All Star and uh, Chelsea Vincent. It was done by um, C so you can check it out there as well. And she's been spotlighted as an alma mater type spotlight. And Troy Canada, let's go to the uh, the Canadian, the WWCFC here, WWCFL. In other words, I meant CFC, WWCFL. And week one, Troy, Regina Riot, the champions. It's a shocker, 34 to nine. Regina falls to Manitoba Fearless. So 
Manitoba had not won uh, beaten Regina once at all. Oh, and nine, I think it was the, the record. And they go into Regina and open the WCFL season 34 to nine and put a statement out there. That's that's shocking. I mean, because you know Regina's been dominant. They've been do- they dominated that Canadian landscape for a while now, and uh, to see them come out and, and take an L like that, man, that's shocking. I didn't see that one coming. And Troy, you want to hear something even nicer? Uh, the girls from the Manitoba Girls Football Association, literally almost eight of those girls uh, that graduated from the All Girls Tackle League into the Man- uh, Manitoba Fearless, right? They were the contributors based on leader post out in Regina. They were the contributors factor, the contributing factor to this win. So that's the feeder system, technically. There and these go. girls now just they put together Manitoba. They elevate Manitoba to a historic win because this goes down in the books for them as the biggest win probably in their franchise. Yeah, I mean that, that's that. Yeah, the feeder system. That, that's you know when you start to have uh, you know virtually a farm system like they do in baseball uh, to get your teams ready. You know if you have them playing tackle football and, and teaching them the game, it just makes the coach's job much easier when they get to the professional league. And it seems like that's what's going on there. Um, hats off to them. I mean, that's that's a huge win for that old franchise, man. And these young ladies, uh, they cannot be more proud in Manitoba because of the fact that they did that. So Manitoba takes care of Regina 34-9, to a shocker of all shockers. Uh, you can watch it on Access 7 if you're in Canada and a replay on Access 7. I think it's 10 bucks. So you can actually pay for the Access and the replay. And so you can watch that game, and I'm pretty sure all the Manitoba fans and the fearless players are going to probably get a copy of that because that's just a huge win against uh, Regina Riot at Regina, of all places. Um, so that was huge. Um, the uh, Saskatoon Valkyries, former champions, the owners of this uh, league for a long time before Regina gets some uh, uh, hardware. Uh, Saskatoon 57-0. They took care of Winnipeg Wolfpack. Uh, Edmonton 14 uh, they lose to Lethbridge, 51 to 14. Calgary put on a 75 to zero uh, win over Northern uh, Anarchy. Not a shocker there, of course. Uh, week two, Northern Anarchy once again gets beaten by Edmonton, 56 to zero. So these girls in Northern Anarchy really need to start figuring out how to put some points on the board because this season's only four weeks long. And I don't think they're going to be surviving it if they're not going to put any points up there, Troy. Yeah, they also have to learn how to slow these teams down as well. I mean, you know, you get you allow yep. seventy-five, six points. That's not a good recipe for winning. So they need to right the ship and do it pretty quickly. So uh, Calgary, uh, coming off of that big seventy-five-zero week one uh, win, they got they went into Lethbridge. Week two, and they took care of Lethbridge, fifty-five to twenty-five. So uh, Lethbridge one and one now. Calgary two and zero. Oh. Uh, they in the West. They own the West right now at this point. Then you have Regina, uh, Saskatoon. The battle of Regina, Saskatoon. This is Boston, D.C. For all those in the states to equate to um, Saskatoon, thirty-eight, and it was uh, Regina, thirteen. So Troy, the champs, zero oh and two. So it's either revamp program. Uh, shuffling of players. Uh, we don't know what's going on. In, uh, I've tried to contact folks to see what's going on, but I'm thinking this is a totally different team than last year's team, and here we are, uh, 0-2. Yeah, 
Yeah, it looks like uh, a lot of changes happen up there. I agree with that. I, I'd love to know what's going on because, you know, uh, we're kind of seeing the same thing going with the Chicago Bliss right now. Um, and we saw the changes that happened there. So when you start changing that many, uh, if, if, if that is the case, uh, you, you kind of expect these things to go like that. But I've anticipated that Regina will continue to win the ways this season, but it, apparently that's not what's going on. So Manitoba, uh, Troy, coming off that huge high in Regina, guess what they do? They put a 54-burger on the Winnipeg Wolfpack, 54-0. So these girls, these young girls from the uh, Manitoba Girls Football League and the uh, Fearless, they're pretty confident right now. They're 2-0. They're, they're, uh, they're like right below the Saskatoon Valkyries. Yeah, and that, you know, especially going out and winning that first game. I mean, because I, I'll tell you this: if I'm, they knew in, um, you know, when they started doing training uh, for this season, they felt like they had a good team. And then when when they saw the results of their hard work and beating a riot thirty-four to nine, their confidence probably went right through the roof. And it's going to be that way for a while until, you know, and, and unless they hit a bump in the road and, and a team kind of hits them in the mouth. But right now, they're playing with house money and they're having fun doing it. You know, they've not been knocked down the wall at 54 to nothing. Uh, they, I mean, uh, excuse me, um, yeah, 54 to nothing. Um, you know, you got to, they, they have to keep that rolling. It's addictive to get one, to, to one like that. And football is pretty fun right now for the fairly. So Manitoba gets a week off. They all get a bye week, uh, the 18th and the 19th is a bye week for the WWCFL. And then they resume play on May 25th. And guess who Manitoba gets on May 25th, Troy? Wolfpack? No, they get the Valkyries of Saskatoon. (laughs) There's the prize. So they, they 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 are they have an opportunity to make history here in the WWCFL Manitoba. If you're listening, you have an opportunity to slay two dragons in one season. <laughs> two of the biggest yeah. franchises in the WWCFL. They have an opportunity to at home if they can beat Saskatoon. This would be a historic, history-making thing, even for the league for the Manitoba to turn around in one season, take down Regina and Saskatoon, the staples of this uh, league, that that would be huge. And you know that's being said by the coaching staff, that this is an opportunity to put your name, to etch your name, you know, in stone as one of the top teams. And now they can start their own dynasty as these last two teams did as well. And so this it's a lot of stake for them. And I know they're chomping up and they're hungry for it. And, you know, we'll see if they're up to the task. So we had Saskatoon against Manitoba on May 25th. Calgary, again, taking on Northern Anarchy. So probably another beat down there if Northern Anarchy can't seems to hold people down. And then Lethbridge will take on Edmonton, the Battle of Alberta. And so that's going to be a week one rematch. It was Lethbridge 57 to 14. We'll see if the uh, storm can rebound there. Final weekend is going to be a really big weekend. June 1st and June 2nd is the final weekend. You get Saskatoon against Regina one more time, the battle, and that's a staple matchup there. Manitoba against Winnipeg. If, Troy, scenario, if Manitoba can pull off the win against Saskatoon, 
do you realize that Manitoba would literally be almost three and zero, almost four and zero at this point, uh, going into the into the cross, across conference semifinals? So that's a really good year for them if they if they can ride the ship, even if they stay competitive in Saskatoon, it's a good sign. Yeah, you get a chance to become legends. I mean, and everybody wants that in sports. So they, they have a great opportunity right there at their feet. All they have to do is finish. They have the talent, obviously, um, you know, as, as far as how they put in, uh, points on the board and, and kept points off the board also on the defensive side. So you want, you, you really want to see them finish this out. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys posted as it goes. All right, guys. Um, so go to the hub at facebook.com for Sasquatch Beauties. We are going to get uh, recaps from Guam, week two in Guam. Team Legacy still doing their thing out in Guam. Germany, as we get the recaps from Germany, we will go and post them up as well. We just reviewed Canada here. Uh, the Maritime, we haven't uh, reviewed yet, but as soon as we get the information there, Finland and Sweden and out in uh, the Maple League starts to kick off this weekend. It's going to be a huge weekend for them over in Finland. Sweden, the Oroboro Black Knights uh, took care of the uh, John Kopi uh, Spartans out there as well. And we got the recaps going there totally. Uh, Lafay in Mexico, it was Lobos 92-0, to Troy, against Leonas. Uh, Leonas 0-5 on the season. Probably didn't show up as the score pretty much dictates uh, at this point. Uh, Vikingas 10-0, and 10-0 over Vaqueras. A big defensive battle there. Vaqueras 1-4. They were playing for their uh, playoff hopes uh, in terms of survival, in terms of the pack. Uh, top four get in, and it looks like they're not going to get in. The King is 5-0. and Then you also have um, uh, Halconas, the, Hal- uh, the, the Hawks, 2-3, and three, and they took care of take a Golden Army, 12-0. Then you had Mermirden Jets, 5-0. and They defeated the Titans, 12-0. Big clash coming up this weekend. Mermirden taking on the Kingas. It is the final weekend in uh, Lafay, 11-11, in the Leonis against the Titans, Vaqueras uh, against Golden Army. So, Troy, this is the equivalent of D.C. Boston in Mexico in the 11-11 slate here in Lafay. Mimmer Jets taking on Vikingas, the two rivals. You love to see the big games. Everybody wants to see the big games, the big rivalries. This isn't any different. Definitely want to see what happens with this one. Keep you guys posted with the results of that one. So uh, it's going to be a barn burner. All right, guys. Um, if you follow us on Facebook, I uh, want to give a shout-out to and thank you to Yarda20 as well as um, Tercer Cuarto in Mexico exclusively covering LaFi, covering everything that's happening in female uh, Lexfa, FX Mexico as well. Um, shout-out to Artist Sports as well for giving us feedback as well. And we can't forget, Troy, out in Cancun, the narrators of Cancun in the legend style play in the in the LFB in Mexico, narrators finally get the championship. Twenty seven to seven, they take care of Bucaneras, and they finally get their championship after so many years of losing to the Barracudas. This year, they finally get over the hump, and they win twenty seven to seven. We got recaps there as well from Cancun, as well as live video from LFB. So congratulations to Naredas for winning the 2019 LFB championship. Oh, man, just the, that's like getting the monkey right off your back, man. I mean, it's nothing like beating a team that's kind of dominated you for years, um, sort of probably how uh, Atlanta felt when they beat Chicago this year. 
um, in the LFL. So, you know, you, you want to get that monkey off your back, and, and what a way to do it, especially if you're doing it for the championship. So congratulations. So great, great excitement all year, all year round, and we got summer, girls, football, all summer long. So the Hub is your resource for everything Women's American Football. Uh, thank you, everybody, for commenting, sharing, and liking our posts. It is, gives us a huge reach. Uh, we are almost at 12,000 weekly on reach, and technically we're, we're growing. And we got a lot of uh, fans coming up internationally as well. I want to thank everybody for the podcast feedback as well. Go to the Apple Podcast, give your feedback, give us some rating. Hopefully we earned your five ratings. Uh, you are listening right now to the best podcast globally on the planet. covers women's American football exclusively weekly and NFL news. And uh, we can't thank Zazzle Enough and Block Talk Radio for supporting us as well. And so you're listening to the best listen guy on the planet right now on this podcast, which is Troy Wilson. Uh, by, based on analytics, everybody loves this guy, and we do too. So here he is. So every week you can download up to over 200 episodes and get to listen to him anytime you want. Right, Troy? Absolutely. And I definitely appreciate the love, y'all. Really do, man. I appreciate that. So uh, it's been it's been a whirlwind. So uh, this weekend, WFA, uh, WNFC, uh, we got Canada uh, start, uh, a week a uh, bye week in Canada, and then we we resume as well. Uh, a lot of action happening in the states at this point. So Troy, uh, it's uh, Atlanta versus Texas Elite Spartans. That's what it's going to be right here. Marquee game for the WNFC APL versus uh, DFW. Yeah, man, that's going to be a big tilt right there. I mean, this is – and especially in, in the inaugural season, um, you know, you, you like to see these rivalries get established. I think rivalries should should come naturally. So, typically what you want to see is uh, really good teams playing against really good teams, and I think this fits the bill for that one. So, definitely want to see how that pans out. I'm, I'm not even sure how to pick that one. Um, I'm just going to wait and see. I'm going to just do a push on that one. But I really want to see the results. So Troy, you got ATL versus DFW in WNFC. You got uh, DC versus Pittsburgh in WFA. <laughs> that's another one that's really good that we got to watch for in the WFA. Uh, we talked about all the games in the WFA earlier, but that's a classic right there, and that's always going to be a, a kind of a burner there for to get it to get going on there. Um, so we got DC Pittsburgh and WFA. We got Baltimore Boston WFA, another class there. We also have the big clash of what did we say the next one was? Oh yeah, uh, we got Cali War against Kansas City. That's the other one that's out. And then you got D three Nevada Sin City, and you got watching uh, on the other side as well Miami Tampa Bay. Uh, so there's a lot of clashes in um, the WFA as well that we got to watch for. And then over in the Legends Football League, Troy, we got Atlanta visiting Los Angeles. Crucial matchup here. Uh, temptation really needs this win. Atlanta cannot afford to lose this one, so it's a very intense rivalry here. So ATL East versus West out in Ontario. Yeah, definitely want to see all of these big matches, man. Uh, you know, the one I was really looking forward to is the uh, LA Atlanta. Uh, I just think that's going to be such a huge matchup, and as you said, it's going to be for you know for both sides. Um, L.A. can't afford to lose ground. 
especially seeing what Seattle, they've lost to Seattle already, and seeing what the acoustics are doing. They can't afford to lose ground at all. This is a huge game for L.A., uh, so they definitely have to make sure that they, they tighten up on this one. Because if, if they don't, then, you know, uh, the league, it, it'll be out of their control whether or not they can uh, even make the playoffs at this point. So this is a must-win game for L.A., um, and they they yeah. have to take it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's Orlando against Dakota Hughes. doesn't get any bigger on an NFL, an NFL stage. No different than uh, – you would have Angel versus Matheny out there as well. So it's a pretty, pretty big game, Atlanta versus L.A. Uh, you get to see the massacre in uh, Kent in Seattle, 71-6 to on via YouTube. Uh, so it's Seattle versus Omaha this weekend. So if you want to catch it, get some, uh, catch some great football, right? Uh, Randall, uh, Albert, and Snore. And uh, if you want to see a clinic, right, Troy, you can watch it on YouTube this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is, um, you know, sort of like a paid practice uh, for Seattle on this one. They they really didn't have much resistance. Um, and, you know, Seattle is just, you know, there is, is it's also good to see Seattle back doing what they typically do, which is win. Um, I just think it was so, such a big thing getting Michelson back in there. And then, of course, you got to have the players to go along with it. Stevie Shaw is there, KK Matheny. Um, watching how these guys just put it, put it on people the way that they do, you're not really surprised at the results of that one. So, um, you know, they just were completely outmatched. But I, I, I'm really looking forward to that Seattle-Austin uh, game. Um, Austin is not going to be able to make those mistakes against that team. So the mistakes that they made against Chicago, man, if they do the same thing, it, it might look like the Omaha game that Seattle just played. So they're going to have to have their A game, you know, when that matchup comes around. And we'll definitely be posted for that one, too. All right. So you guys uh, go to the hub at Facebook.com. You go to Twitter at Greener Beauty. Go to Instagram today. We have Taylor Hughes on our Instagram. She's blowing up there, almost uh, 200 likes, close to 200 likes coming up. So thank everybody to go into Instagram at that point. You can always go to the Facebook forward slash No Joke Football page and you get to see all the spotlighted athletes that uh, support our gear. And you can always get your own gear, and we really appreciate that. Support Zazzle.com, forward slash ground beauties. Get your gear up there, leggings, tees, hoodies, and everything else. And so we really appreciate it. And uh, subscribe uh, to our Apple podcast and download over 200 episodes with amazing athletes and coaches that we've interviewed over a six-year period. So you can go to the iTunes store there at apple.com. And you can get the link there on our Facebook page as well. Um, so take advantage of that. Um, follow us on Block Talk Radio. Tune in. You can follow us on Player FM, Google Cast, as well as Tune In uh, and Indie Rap Radio, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, that's where we're at. So you guys can listen to us all week and subscribe to us as well. So, uh, Troy, just for a lot of stuff uh, news from Mexico, Brazil, Sweden, Finland. Get it all at the hub, right? Absolutely, man. So, you know, we, we throw out a lot of information out there for you guys to, to check it out. And, um, you know, the more you guys check it out, the lo- we, we love it. But, again, just keep subscribing to us. Again, if you want to also get on the show, give us a call, contact us, um, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Um, you know, we'll love to have you guys on the show if you want to come on and, and, and give your input and, and opinions on any of the topics that we cover weekly. 
and we definitely appreciate all the listeners and followers, guys. So thank you so much. We love you guys. All right. So, guys, we'll catch up with NFL news and offseason notes. We've got two articles from Bleacher Report on our Facebook page. You can go check it out now. Uh, we'll re- we will resume NFL news and notes in the offseason as we go week to week now going forward. But, uh, obviously, women's American football news and notes take precedent, especially in season right now all the way down to August. Uh, so we're focusing more on what we do, and that's what we do. We cover women's American football 24-7. So go to the hub at facebook.com for slash Grand Beauties. Go to Twitter as well. And if you can't find us uh, on there, you can always go to Snapchat too. We're on Snapchat too, so check us out there as well. Um, Troy, I, I don't know, uh, Mackenzie getting ready for the Minnesota Vixen. Ouch. Oh, man, that's going to be Struggle City, man. You know, I know I know Salty's going to play well, man, but that's going to be Struggle City out there. That's a tough squad. To, uh, that's a tough squad to go against. And they got Hustis, uh, I mean, Custis already off for the week uh, after her uh, 2020 historic, uh, you know, tie, overtime tie. Uh, so she's going to kind of bear down here and then uh, uh, kind of retool and get ready for another uh, another week. So she's probably resting Love. up as is. Love the way Seattle's been battling all year, um, especially Holly getting back after that, you know, bad injury to her knee uh, last year. So I love the way that they're fighting and competing on Seattle. Very proud of that squad. All right. So uh, episode 273 in the books. Uh, we chatted about week six, WFA, WNFC, uh, week four, Legends Football League, kind of preview week five and six. Um, but we have done it all today. So, Troy, uh, I don't know. You're going to have a great weekend. Uh, obviously, you got to email that uh, she beverage and see if you can get your free beer. As soon as I hang up the phone, that email will be sent, sir. All right. So, for Troy Wilson, the absent Louise Bean, uh, Holly Custis, and Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez saying here, we'll catch you next week on another edition of the Gridiron Blitz right here on. Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, tune in and every other platform you can find us on. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>